the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Dear faithful, in today's gospel, our Lord, as is his wont, instructs the multitude through a parable. The parable which we have just heard speaks of the wheat and the cockle or tares, or which are just fancy words for weeds. Those of us who grew up with mothers who planted what seemed like the largest vegetable garden ever planted know from experience that good plants never come up alone. No, there are always other unwanted plants, known as weeds, that sprout up, taking up all the moisture and nutrients in place of the planted vegetables. Weeds are often very bountiful, and they are always a pain. And those of you familiar with these vegetable gardens have surely spent hours pulling them out, only to have them grow back once again. This image of the weeds growing in the wheat fields is one that we can benefit from, and for two reasons that I would like to evoke today. The first is already evoked by the fathers of the church, and particularly St. Augustine, who sees in this parable a description of our Holy Mother, the Church. And so we have first the man who went out to sow, who is, of course, Almighty God. The field is Holy Mother Church. The wheat are the souls of the elect gathered into the Church. The enemy is, of course, the devil. And the weeds, or the cockle, the reprobate. St. Augustine tells us that God allows, therefore, the evil, and more particularly, he says, those who sin against the faith, heretics, schismatics, to exist with the good and faithful in his church for several reasons. This is an excellent point for us to consider in this time in which we live, where we can easily fall into questioning God's providence in allowing certain heretics and heresies to subsist and even sadly flourish in the bosom of Holy Mother the Church without seeming to be rooted out. The Holy Doctor says that Almighty God does this because thereby he renders them more patient and tranquil, talking about the faithful. For this he says, because good men, while yet weak, have need in some things of being mixed up with bad, either that they may be proven by their means, or that by comparison with them they may be greatly stimulated and drawn to a better course. Or perhaps the wheat is declared to be rooted up if the weeds should be gathered out of it, on account of many who, though at first weeds, would after become wheat. Yet they would never attain to this commendable change were they not patiently endured while they were evil. Thus were they rooted up, the wheat which they would become in time, if spared, would be rooted up in them. It is then, therefore, that he forbids that such should be taken out of this life, lest in the endeavor to destroy the wicked, those among them should be destroyed among the rest who would turn out good. And lest also that benefit should be lost to the good, which would accrue to them even against their will from mixing with the wicked. But this may be done seasonably when, in the end of all, there remains no more time for a change in life or advancing to the truth by taking opportunity in comparison of others' faults. Therefore, he adds, let both grow together until the harvest, that is, until judgment." Let us consider attentively, dear faithful, these words of St. Augustine when we are tempted to question the providence of God, who allows the weeds to remain with the wheat. It is so that the good may be strengthened in their way, and so that the evil might be turned to good through their example. And St. Augustine continues, Therefore, let a man gently reprove whatever it is in his power. What is not so, let him bear with patience and mourn over with affection 
until he, capital he, from above, shall correct and heal, and let him defer till harvest time to root out the tares and winnow the chaff. And this is exactly what St. Paul teaches us in the epistle today, when he says, Put ye on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, the bowels of mercy, benignity, humility, modesty, patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another, if any have a complaint against another, even as the Lord has forgiven you, so you do also forgive. But above all these things have charity, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of Christ rejoice in your hearts, wherein you are called one body, and be ye thankful. Let the example of our charity, dear faithful, formed by the practice of our faith in assisting at the Holy Liturgy, be our most convincing argument to those of the Church of God who have strayed from the path that our Lord has set out for them. The second application that we can make of today's parable, dear faithful, can be made to our own spiritual life. The sower is, first of all, again, God. The field is our soul. The wheat is the virtues, the good inclinations, the good works, the good fruits of our life. The enemy, always the devil. The weeds are cockle, sowed by temptation to original sin, and are therefore the bad inclinations, the evil effects of original sin in our souls, the passions of our fallen nature, even our vices. In redemption, when God redeemed us, he could have perfectly restored human nature. It is not impossible, and he is all-powerful. He could have restored us to that very state in which Adam was created. But he chose to let these inclinations of our fallen nature remain. Not because they are good, no, of course not, but in order to allow us to prove our love for God by striving against these inclinations. This is exactly what the Council of Trent teaches us in its Decrees and Canons on Original Sin. The Holy Council declares that. But this Holy Synod confesses and is sensible that in the baptized there remains concupiscence or an incentive, inclination to sin, which whereas it is left for our exercise, in Latin it's ad agonem, for our agony, but it means our exercise. Whereas it is left for our exercise, but it cannot injure those who consent not, contrary to what, of course, the heresiarch Martin Luther said. But resist manfully by the grace of Jesus Christ. Yea, he shall have lived stra- lo- excuse me, he who shall have striven lawfully shall be crowned. Therefore, dear faithful, the lesson we must draw from this is the one that St. Francis de Sales ceases not to teach us. Let us not be discouraged by our faults and failings. On the one hand, we should not grow comfortable with them, but neither should we think, on the other hand, the exaggeration as we are so, um, uh, so uh, inclined to do, to think that we are incapable of any good. No. Because of our imperfections, evil is often found with good in us, but that does not mean that the good is not truly good and loved by God. We must be patient, do our part to remove the culpable evil in our soul, that is to say sin, but not be discouraged by that tendency to sin, that inclination that remains. That will be drawn out and cast into the fire only after the judgment, after, in this life, we have cooperated courageously and perseveringly with the precious grace of our Savior. May our Blessed Mother Mary, Mediatrix of all grace, grant us this blessing. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.